Oh, hi, audience. What's up? It's Greg Stero here to introduce you to the True Blue Riffcast, where they talk about amazing movies, bad movies, and everything in between. So you're listening to the True Blue Riffcast. Enjoy it. Thanks, Greg. This is the True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I am Jeremy, and I am joined, as always, by... Sup, I'm Dave here from Quarantine Central, and I'm loving every minute of it. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for this crap to end. (laughs) We all want this crap to end, Dave. We're all getting sick of it. We're all going stir-crazy. I've seen Tiger King so many times. Carol Baskin! Carol Baskin! I've said Carol Baskin so much, the words have lost all meaning. Uh, What day is it, Dave? I don't even know what... We're in we're in uh, April still, I think. It is today is April twenty eighth. We're recording this on a Tuesday, which is weird. Very weird, but you know, with uh, still having a job that I have to go to and all that fun stuff, it uh, kind of throws off a recording schedule now. But that's okay. Hey man, at least you get at least you get to go to work, man. Like some of us are trapped in our houses, man. Some of us aren't essential, man. Okay, that's enough social yeah, commentary. Yeah, that's true. Some of you aren't, and you need to stay home and help flatten the curve. <laughs> and that's that's okay. that's that's edging pretty close to an actual uh, political statement. Um, so I'm gonna stop. And my laugh was edging pretty now. close to a political statement. Yeah. But we won't go. There. Uh, so today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the newest Rift Tracks release, The Most Dangerous Game. Which is a weird one. And we are going to be talking about the winner of our latest patron poll, which was a head-to-head showdown between Rock and Roll Nightmare and Manos, The Hands of Fate from Rift Tracks Live. And Rock and Roll Nightmare won that one. So we will be talking about that. Which I was surprised by, honestly. It actually won. Um, it was quite handed. Uh, 28% for Manos and uh, 72% for Rock and Roll Nightmare, I think, was the final uh, numbers on that. I think it's because Rock and Roll Nightmare is a very, very Rift Tracks kind of title. Yes. And it's what Rift Tracks fans like are really into. So, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. Let's move on to our first... Rift Tracks feature that we're going to be discussing today. The newest one from uh, Mike, Kevin, and Bill. Uh, not Bill. Bridget. Not, not Steve. Not Bridget. Uh, Bridget, not no, Bill. That totally wasn't a bit that we planned. No. <laughs> uh, the Most Dangerous Game from 1932. This is like one of the oldest movies they've ever done. This movie is literally like, what, 90-something. It's at least 90 years old. No, wait, it's 88 years old. I'm sorry. I can do math. 88. <laughs> it is almost 90 years old. Starring uh, Joel McRae, Faye Ray, and uh, Robert Armstrong. Faye Ray is the only one on that list that I've heard of. I just know her because she was in King Kong. Yep. And they referenced that a number of times in this movie. The original screen queen, lol. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie starts out with some... Uh, 1930s uh, Dubros. Um, very, very 1930s. This whole movie is very 1930s, guys. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like, 
It's like a year <laughs> or two removed from 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 silent movies. This is like, I think a lot of this movie was they were still trying to figure out how to do talkies. You know, <laughs> there's there's a good possibility uh, just with some of the stuff that they do in this movie. But it starts out with all these guys on a yacht, and uh, I don't even know where they're <laughs> headed. Like initially, like. But the captain is familiar with the waters that they're in and notices that the buoys that signal where it's safe to pass through are shifted slightly from where they should be. And he goes to warn the owner of the yacht and he doesn't care. He's just like, yeah, just go through it. I'm going to sink then, this bitch. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, much in the vein of Titanic, they crash and they it looked just uh, like go Titanic. Down and- oh, my God, dude. I was just like, dude. <laughs> It's like, did they, this was like 1932. And so I think like that artwork of the Titanic going down, like, you know, um, yeah, I think that that um, kind of like influenced a lot of movies around this time, around this time period. Especially this one. Like, Oh, yeah, you can tell that this was just like Titanic, not not the James Cameron movie that was released almost a century later, <laughs> yeah. but... <laughs> No, this one, um, and it it was surprisingly, I don't know, I don't know if gruesome is the right word, but because it wasn't like gory or anything like that, but no. I was I was surprised with some of the stuff that they showed happening in this wreck, uh, um, mainly yeah. when the water hits the boiler and everybody gets steamed alive, and it shows <laughs> them screaming in pain. I was very uh, thrown off by that. I wasn't expecting that in a movie from 1932. Well, it's very pre-code, yeah. as they say. Well, considering uh, that's like, considering yeah. there's some dogs in this movie and some questionable things are happening, <laughs> um, and we was don't this really know pre-code. I, I think so. I'm welcome back from the edit, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> this this was uh, pre-code Hollywood. Um, yeah, definitely pre-code. Uh, that was like mid nineteen thirty-four or something when they when they started that. And this, so this would have been like a year before that happened. Okay, so this could have been like on the B side. This could have been like a double feature with freaks. That movie is messed up. <laughs> I have that movie actually. Just as a side note, what is it like an hour? Nice, like 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 this nice movie? That. Yeah, probably somewhere on there. The, you know, movies weren't very long back then, thankfully. <laughs> but there, one guy survives the wreck. Everybody else dies. Some people blow up when the boiler blows up. Uh, others get steamed alive like uh, a nice ham. Uh, Are you trying to die. drown me? <laughs> and and then uh, some get eaten by sharks. <laughs> and uh, except for the one guy who swims to shore, as opposed to clinging to the. Uh, the wreckage um he swims like to shore. you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah he finds uh a painting of a castle in the distance and heads towards it <laughs> and <laughs> oh by the way by the way by the time he gets to this castle this romanian castle is on this island for some reason i mean it, it's it's very much like it, it 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 goes from titanic and then it like turns into dracula for a, a little minutes. bit yeah a little bit like, like it's very very much a, it's, it's very much like the bella lugosi dracula he, for a few minutes uh the the main character of our film uh bob 
Uh, it turns out that he's also a uh, a big game hunter of some renown. Uh, he's written some books about his exploits hunting tigers and jaguars and jaguars. And uh, anyway, he gets into the castle. He sees the uh, giant mute Cossack Ivan, um, <laughs> not Igor Ivan. Yeah, Ivan. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is just like I feel ridiculous. Every trope, this. every trope from like universal horror of the era is in this. At least yeah. for these few minutes. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's Frankenstein and Dracula. I guess just those two. But still. <laughs> and then we meet uh Zaroff, the uh the owner of the castle and presumably this island. Um He's got a couple other uh, servants. And he's a Tommy Russell of his uh, age, let me tell you. (laughs) This guy chews scenery like none other. He's very... It's it's weird, because the guy chews the scenery so much, and our hero never suspects him of being evil. (laughs) Yeah. Like, not once. We'll like, oh, like, 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 I mean, at least in this phase of the movie, when when he gets when he gets in there and he meets this guy who is totally not evil. Uh, he also meets a couple a uh, couple other people who are survivors of another shipwreck, uh, brother and sisters, Eve and Martin, the drunk. <laughs> Martin, oh, the God. drunk is one of the most amazing characters <laughs> I've seen in a movie in a long time. He was quite outstanding. I think he drank an entire uh, bottle of uh, vodka by himself in just in a few minutes in this scene. Like he's a very, very riff tracks kind of kind of drunk. Yes. Like there's the drunk in Supersonic Man who behaves very much like this guy. <laughs> Uh, and just like, and there's like, and they're trying to do like really very broad comedy and failing at it. And, yeah. Um, and the guy in the drunken uninvited who gets drunk on the sh- gets drunk on the boat, and then goes to the wheel of the boat and <laughs> drunkenly sings yeah. "Battle Hymn of the Republic." Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, this. Oh. I think they might have got some pointers from this guy because he's like trying to get the guy, the uh, the bad guy, to go over and play something on his piano, some good music. You gotta play some some good music. Play some good, good music. Th- like none of like like none of that prohibition garbage that the government and <laughs> all that other forces down our throats and. Yeah, yay gangsters! Because I'm a I'm a horrible drunk, and this is a time of prohibition, or maybe not. I don't know. Uh, uh, that was my impression of the drunk in this movie. Yeah, um, thankfully, after after this scene, he's the first of the characters to die. <laughs> Before we move forward, another thing, and it's about Bob, our hero. He swims ashore. Yeah, he sees this castle. A, none of this is strange to him. Like, he doesn't bat an eye at any of it. He'd be like, let me in. Oh, thank goodness this castle was here. 
But, like, it's not weird that there's a castle here on this island with all this weird stuff going on. This is totally something. It's 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 kind of like uh, at the beginning of It in both the 80s version and the, uh, and the new movies where uh, the kid talks to the clown in the sewer. Yeah. Oh, like, <laughs> nothing oh, unusual about normal. this. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it's, it's like, no, this is totally normal. A clown with sharp, jagged teeth. Uh, it, it happens all the time. Or maybe it doesn't. Yeah. If it doesn't happen all the time, I'm just going to act like it does so like, so like I don't look stupid in front of the clown. <laughs> Um, so there's, there's that going on and B, uh, oh no, my friends who just died horribly that I watched die. I was just in a shipwreck. That's done. That part of the movie is over. That's ancient history. That never comes up again. His best friends, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they all died. He just seems to completely forget about them. 100%. He watched them die horribly, horribly. And he's just like, oh, well, this is like, this is fine. Yeah, this is my life now. I just have to accept it and move on. And uh, so they they figure out Eve and Bob (laughs) figure out that Zaroth is a bad guy. (laughs) And uh, when they they go into his trophy room and they see the heads mounted on the wall and floating in jars. And uh, I, I'm sure it looked better before it was colorized. Um, and of course, back in did Legend Films colorize this? Somebody colorized it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, no. it wasn't filmed in color back in 1932. Oh yeah, it's 1932. They barely yeah. had that color world back then. So yeah. So uh, the the bad guy Zaroth. Tells them of uh, what he does. He lets them loose on the island after he gives them a good meal and some good exercise and some good clothes. And he gives them weapons and all these chances to live. And he only hunts them with a bow and arrow. And, oh, um, only. Yeah. And he sets them out. And if they can survive until 4 a.m. the next day, then they have their freedom. And oh, so well, then, he's trustworthy. Yeah. The last... Uh, Almost 20 minutes of this movie takes place uh, with them, with Bob and Eve in the jungle. Uh, Zaroff only wants to hunt Bob because he wants Eve as his trophy. Derp. Um, so he promises not to hurt her, so she decides just to go with Bob. And uh, they take off into the jungle. Question about the jungle. Yes. Are they welcome and are there fun and games? <laughs> Okay, you can continue. Damn it. <laughs> so uh, You're welcome, everybody. Yes. Bob and Eve uh hide in a little cave that they find after Bob sets a trap, which of course Zaroff notices and triggers with an arrow and uh decides to try and and goad them out of the little cave and then he says fine you want to stay in there like a jaguar i'm going to hunt you like a jaguar and he takes off and bob's like oh man things are worse now and eve's just like why what's that mean and he's like he's going to get his rifle now and uh so he goes and he he also releases the hounds and he sends the dogs off after bob and eve 
and there's one part where the dogs are trying to jump up a cliff and a couple of them make it yeah and one of them falls back down i mean obviously i don't think that it was actually a very high jump for them to make uh it was higher than they could normally jump because they kind of had to climb <laughs> once they latched on near the top um but uh one did fall at least uh a couple dogs get killed and thrown off of a well killed you know movie <laughs> killed I mean, they, he didn't actually stab them with the knife that he had and then they threw him off a waterfall uh well, this is pre-code maybe they did kill them it's very possible it's very possible uh they used to do that crap um uh even after the code they've still tried and pulled some of that crap but uh, wonder women god i forgot all about that scene yeah uh, so anyway uh zarov shoots at bob when he's wrestling one of the dogs at the top of the waterfall and they both fall off and uh eve gets taken back to the castle and then bob walks in through the door and he uh shoots zarov or no no he doesn't shoot him he pokes him in the back with an arrow he just grabs it and just kind of jabs it into his back very gently um as they say it was a two inch scratch and and uh, i'll be fine uh but apparently it mortally wounds him and uh he goes to shoot them out the window instead he falls out of the window and down to where the dogs are waiting for him it's a very uh very lion king ending um <laughs> Was you know being eaten by his own uh, by by his own hyenas his own wild animals yeah maybe that's where the Lion King sold this from too because the Lion King steals everything from from Shakespeare to some Japan crap the Lion King's just <laughs> awful we just hate it that's me being that's me being the film buff guy again you are just in a mood tonight Dave yeah. <laughs> No, now, I'm not the film. I'm making fun of the film buffs. I, I, I don't think that stuff. That's dumb. Anyway. <laughs> now, when when this release dropped on Friday, uh, we were both pretty surprised when we saw the list of people who were riffing it because normally it's Mike, Kevin, and Bill, and this time it was Mike, Kevin, and Bridget. I'll and be honest. Was- I didn't even I didn't even notice it until the movie started. Because it's just like, I just buy it, like, whatever, because, you know, like that. (laughs) Um, And so the movie starts, like, oh, it's only an hour? All right, fine, whatever. It's it's been that short before. And then I hear Bridget talking. She's the first one up. And I was like, is this Rift Tracks? Like, is this this Rift Tracks Presents? And I went back to the screen. Like, no, Mike Kevin. Oh, Mike Kevin Bridget. That's weird. Um, So we have some hypotheses. Go ahead and start with yours. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. I said something that in in jest that maybe I should not have said, and uh, yeah. we're gonna go. But ahead it was it out. was just it was just out of ignorance, Dave. It wasn't on purpose. Mm. Um, yeah, not that that really makes it better, but uh, <laughs> my my thought is uh, as most of you probably know, because I'm assuming most of you. Uh, probably follow bill on social media on Twitter and that. And, uh, a little while back, uh, his wife was diagnosed with, uh, COVID-19 
and so they had yeah. to be uh, quarantined in their house. And so my thought is that they recorded it while Bill was quarantined, and so Mike had his lovely wife step in, and whom we all love. Yes, in a yes. very platonic and not stalkery <laughs> way. No, we really do. Bridget, uh, Bridget, and Mary Jo's riffs are outstanding. Uh, Bridget and Matthew J. Elliott did a great job together. Oh and, yeah, that was uh, fantastic. And she did really good with this. I mean, it fit. It fit very nicely. Um, obviously, some of the lines that they that they wrote work better with her her saying them over Bill. Um, because uh, it would have just been weird hearing Bill call Mike honey. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's the that's assumption before <laughs> from me. I, I have no idea if that's accurate or not. And I generally don't try and speculate about such things. But to me, that that's what makes sense. Um, either that or yeah, they just canon yeah. or they just <laughs> wrote it for Mike, Kevin and and Bridget. Either way, it doesn't really matter because that's what we got, and it was wonderful. It worked well. I loved uh, the three of them together. And, uh, yeah, do not hesitate to watch this one, guys, just because Bridget's in it. I know there's still some of you out there. Yeah, that's right. Who, if Bridget or Mary Jo or, or Matthew or Ian have anything to do with it, that's not, that's not the right no, people for my restraint. I get it from Mystery Science Theater 3000, and uh, I live in the past where I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. The most dangerous <laughs> game. It, it was it was really good. It was very entertaining. The movie was, was wonderfully cheesy and... Uh, Surprising. Can we just talk about this. This this might be the first movie of its kind, or at least like the first talkie of its kind, because this this movie's been remade. Like we were talking about it before, uh, and like uh, Bloodlust. We're like, oh, there's a guy on literally in Bloodlust. There's a guy on an island uh, that shoots uh, that goes and hunts um Mister Brady and his friends. Uh, well. We're, what were some of the other ones that we said that had a similar premise? Well, there's uh, the game, uh, the one uh, where the dude's being hunted. Um, the dude, I say the dude like <laughs> I should. I should remember this because I remember watching this movie. Uh, not the game, surviving the game, surviving, surviving the game, the game with surviving Rucker Hauer, Gary Busey, and Ice T. Shut up. Gary no. Busey, <laughs> yes, Gary Busey, Rucker Howard, and Ice T, where Ice T <laughs> is being hunted. He is a, a homeless man, and he was hired uh, as a survival guide for a group of wealthy businessmen in a hunting trip oh, in the mountains, God. unaware that they are killers who hunt humans for sport, and that he is their new prey. Of course, he has a background, and he takes them all out. Oh, yeah, I like uh. Like, like I don't know, another movie that we know about, Deadly Prey. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just so many, so many versions of the most dangerous game that have been made, and you know, uh, uh, the movie with Stone Cold Steve Austin called The Condemned. Yes, there's, there's been numerous, and they've all used slightly different versions of the, the title, so. 
you know, you can't just find them all by just looking up one of them, but they're sort of uh, the Rift Tracks movie, The Bride and the Beast sort of goes in this direction, but it's not exactly the same. So I don't know why I brought it up, but uh, everyone get The Bride <laughs> and the Beast at RiftTracks.com. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a it was a genre defining movie. That's been completely forgotten about and that we're going to assume is in the public domain. Yes, because it's from 1932 and the motion picture code, whatever, wasn't even a thing yet. Yeah. And now we can talk about a completely For something completely different. <laughs> Dave, do you accept the challenge? It doesn't matter if I accept the challenge, Jeremy. I think you and I, as a team, as a unit, must accept the challenge together. I don't know. Like you would say, I, I, I think you might almost say that we accept the challenge. Accept the challenge yes. We definitely accept the and challenge. And never lose. Of uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare, the winner of our latest patron poll thank you to everybody who went in and voted uh, i did make that one public just because it had been a while since we had done one and uh, i just wanted to get a few more opinions on it and rock and roll nightmare as i stated earlier won in a landslide that's so weird to me that rock and roll nightmare would beat manos the hands of fate i'm not necessarily surprised about that but the amount that it beat it by is kind of surprising <laughs> Well, I think probably because, you know, Manos has just been talked about so much. And Rock and Roll Nightmare, you know, be like, it's, I mean, let's face it. It's, I mean, like, it's known sort of in bad movie circles. I mean, it was featured on Best of the Worst on Red Letter Media. So some people know it. Some people know it from that. But by and large, it's kind of, you know, it's a cult movie, but the cult is smaller than usual which is <laughs> which which is fine which is fine but like i just think that this movie really needs to uh have kind of like a bigger a bigger presence in like in this universe even even within the rift tracks lore i think that it's kind of a forgotten it's it's a forgotten gem like so much from from 2015 because 2015 they're just knocking it out of the park with movie selection and and just content and just funny funny riffs from Mike Kevin and Bill, and Rock and Roll Nightmare was like in the midst of Roller Gator and um, what's the one where the guy screams? Uh, the one where the guy screams that doesn't the really one where the guy screams. Death Promise. Yes. Death Promise. That's the one I was looking for. Yeah, that. Uh, and Jack, uh, Julian, Jack. And just like all this awesome, awesome, awesome stuff, but rock and roll night right, nightmares right there in the middle of it all, and um, it's just it's so great. And also at some point during this, because we might be talking about this for a while, I just want to talk about how the movie is also secretly brilliant. Yes, I honestly believe that this movie has one of the greatest endings of all time. Uh, in a even even maybe movie. even better than Zindi. Oh, eh, I don't know. Zindi was so uplifting and happy. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, so is this. Yeah, so... Uh, oh, man. 
Rock and roll vampire. Rock and roll vampire. That's a, that's not rock what and roll vampire. About. Rock and roll nightmare. I don't think Rift Tracks ever done a movie that had a vampire in it. Come on. Rock and roll nightmare stars, of course, John Michael Thor. John Mickledore, who you might know from uh, his metal band Thor, or uh, another movie that came out also in 1987 uh, that was featured in Mystery Science Theater 3000 called Zombie Nightmare. Zombie Nightmare. I have no memory of that one. <laughs> uh, I think that one had Tia Carrera and Adam West in it, uh, also, but. Neither of those people are in this movie. In fact, there's only one other person that really had a career after that, and most of that is as an animator. Um, yeah, the animators but, uh, are terrible. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back from the editor, Rock and everybody. roll nightmare. That wasn't even yes. bad. No, I probably won't even edit that out, Dave. <laughs> but rock and roll nightmare is about a band uh, called the Tritons. The Tritons with a Z. Z. And they go to this little farmhouse that's been unoccupied for 10 years, I I think they said. And Okay, okay. well, we got to talk about what happens right before that. Yes. The opening of the movie. How the movie begins, yes. It starts on a wonderful shot of a tractor in a house. And then it switches to another wonderful shot of a tractor in a house, the same tractor and house. And then we go inside and we see a woman making breakfast for her son and her husband who are upstairs getting ready for the day. And everything is hunky dory. Uh, don't scramble the eggs without me, mom. Because that's a that's a family activity. Yeah. Duh. And. So then a demon comes out and kills mom. Yeah, no, she opens the fridge and a demon. It's it's very it's very Zool from Ghostbusters. She opens the fridge and a demon comes out and attacks her, and she somehow ends up in the oven. Well, I think the demon shoved her in the oven uh, because then dad comes down and he's looking for his wife, and uh, of course he looks in the oven because who wouldn't? And out pops uh, the very obvious puppet of a uh, mm-hmm. half-melted person, mostly melted person. Yeah. Uh, and then it shows the kid crying <laughs> upstairs. And there there you go. There's the opening of our movie. And uh, we get a uh, title sequence. Uh, a, a very long title sequence with a driving with like some very confusing license plates on on the van <laughs> because it has I, I think it has like a an like an Alberta or an Ontario license plate and then like right below that it says USA number USA one USA number one. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the the title sequence is great because it's like the POV of like a cat on speed with like a GoPro tape <laughs> to it. <laughs> Because it's just going through the house, like running all over the couches and jumping back and forth. And it runs up the stairs and then back down the stairs and then back on the couch again and then under the couch. And then we're outside watching the van drive. Uh, And of course, we get a nice 10 minute long driving sequence. It just cuts back and forth from that for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, of this, you know, to be fair, it is a pretty rad van. Um, (laughs) 
but we get we get like a shot of uh, Thor in there uh, from the side, and he changes the song on the radio to, you know, one of their songs. I'm assuming, considering <laughs> they did the whole soundtrack for it. Uh, as the band in the movie, they're credited for the soundtrack as opposed to, you know, his actual band, which I thought was interesting. Right. But, um. Yeah. We- they they go to this house, this farmhouse, mm-hmm. and there's no telephone and no TV, but they do have electricity, and they're there for however long it's supposed to be, so they can uh, really work hard on their new album. Yeah, and, and uh, um, of course, there's demons involved, and they start uh, you know killing people. So okay, so a couple things about. We'll talk about, I mean, like it after that for like, okay, well, first they have this um, real rock and practice session um, and you have, uh, and I think that um, you have the, uh, uh, the manager with his, uh, he looks like um, the judge from night court <laughs> with his hat uh, in the back rolling tape on their practice session while they're singing we live to rock just rocking out man it's like oh this is awesome and yeah woo right uh, we like so um i i think that's kind of like the opposite of the recording session scene in pod people it's completely the opposite uh but no but nobody's wearing a shirt that says yes or kiss me i'm a virgin or something yeah it's it's um you know it's actually kind of fun to watch um rock but like after that it's pretty kind of like your standard horror movie blah blah there's there's some there's there's a lot of nudity in it you know uh um you know and like one by one band members the band members and the groupies go down speaking on on the nudity real quick uh i noticed this a uh, movie came up on the uh, Rift Tracks Twitch channel the other day. Uh, I tuned in uh, about halfway through, and it was right as one of the uh, girls were taking off their shirts. And I was very interested to see what was going to happen because I know there's like a whole, you know, no nudity on Twitch thing. They're, they gorilla gram that yeah, stuff. Yeah, they have like the whole bottom half of the screen was covered by a banner with the gorilla gram on it. And it said censored in between and with, uh, with gorilla gram. You know, yeah. Yeah. Find the uncensored version on rifttracks.com. And I thought that was, that was a really uh good way to do it, you know, cause the gorilla gram is like their thing now. It's like their thing with a uh, nudity that, that originated in uh Rift tracks live starship troopers, yes, I believe starship troopers. And then we didn't, then we didn't see it again until Rift tracks live the room. Space mutiny. Yeah. No, we didn't. The room was uncensored, one hundred percent. Oh, that's right. Um, it was space beauty that we got spa- the oh. the weird CG hippo gorilla gram. Oh, that's right. I completely forgot about. Uh, it's been five years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're almost in your forties, Dave. Come on, you are in First your forties. That- yes, I am. I am older than you, and I will always be older than you, and that should give you solace. Yes. So just take that. Anyway. Rock and roll nightmare. You know, if you're if you're worried about people in your house seeing nudity and you don't care about the swearing and weird gore that this movie has, um, you know, just wait for it to come on Twitch. 
<laughs> You'll be yeah. Fine. Uh, here's uh, or on Pluto TV if it's on the rotation there. Does Pluto not have nudity too? Oh, I don't know actually. <laughs> I, I we're just we're just, once, we're once just so, saying words. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that we say ever means anything. Um, no, I I honestly I stopped watching on Pluto TV once they once I found out about their Twitch channel because the ads on Pluto TV are insufferable. Um, I mean, it's great that they're showing all this stuff for free for all these different things, but the ads are. Anyway, back to Rock and Roll Nightmare. There are puppets. There are there are there are, there are puppets. That's like the one other thing that I think we should talk about. Um, oh, we puppets. We there. talked about the nudity. Let's talk about the puppets before we get to like the like what the main event of this movie. So the puppets are uh, better than Roller Gator. I would have to agree. They're they at are least... at least puppets. It's not just a child's toy. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Some of these things look like look like children's toys. Uh, they are a little bit better than uh, the babies mm-hmm. in Octoman. Um, because again, and you can move. also tell that they were designed we've, for we've... a spe- for this specific movie. Like they weren't just like they actually <laughs> built these things for the movie. They didn't just go out to like the store or try to like repurpose something else. Or they might have, I don't know. But it yeah. it doesn't seem that way. Yeah. They didn't look like it. They looked like they were created by, by like by know, like somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not it was somebody who knew what they were doing, um Definitely not Jim Henson's creature shop. We can we we could definitely say that. I mean uh, but at you know at least the puppeteering in this movie, uh, I would say it's serviceable. I don't want to say it's bad. I don't want to say it's good either. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely serviceable. serviceable. Also, uh, uh, I don't know how to say this. I do know how to say it, but I guess I'll just say it. it uh, <laughs> most of the puppets in this movie, gotta be honest, kind of phallic. Yeah, uh, you, kind of. Just they're a little bit. Definitely, they're definitely some <laughs> penis demons. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, like that. You're you're lucky. You're lucky that uh, I want more people to listen to this. Uh, otherwise, I would title this episode "Definitely Penis Demons." Definitely penis demons. <laughs> they're definitely penis demons. That's a great title, but uh, we'll find yeah, we'll find something happen, else. Uh, we'll put that in the Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. That's what's gonna be. I'm gonna say it one more time, nice and clear, and then I'm gonna make a thing for our patrons. Definitely penis demons. Quote unquote. Dave Chadwick, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, all these people are are dying and getting killed and gruesomely and like and they're like because some of them are getting killed while they're having sex and um which is what happens in horror movies yeah, so, I mean come on okay so in in one particular scene man I think I think it's Kevin that comments on it I could be wrong I I watched the movie recently but I didn't watch it like today or yesterday but it was like within the last few weeks um a demon there's this woman, uh, a demon pretended to be here earlier, but she. this is the real woman now. She takes her top off. They're outside, and uh, her boyfriend takes it. Oh, it's my turn to take my top off. Opens up his shirt. 
or his jacket or whatever, and a, uh, a demon hand tears through its flesh and um, starts to kill the woman, and she's screaming bloody murder, right? Like she is screaming for her life. Yeah. And her friends can hear her from from outside because they're like outside of like a swamp or someplace, you know, because that's where you go to have sex. And uh, they are right. also having sex in inside, and they can hear the woman screaming. Very clear <laughs> that this is not like something, you know, like not screams of like, oh, you know, like that. I'm not going to go any further than that because I just realized that it would be very bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, you almost gave us a it new ringtone, Dave. Bad. Come on. Um, and they're like, oh, he must really be giving it to her or something, right? Like it's 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 obviously like they <laughs> yes. think that this woman screaming for her life is the sound that she makes when she is engaged in coitus. Well, maybe maybe it was very similar. I mean, if they were all together for that like, long, but uh, but it's know, it's clearly the sound of a woman screaming for her life. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, oh, yeah, well, it is, but guess what? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Right. And, and why why doesn't it matter, Dave? What's what do we get at the end of this movie? Okay, so 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 John Micklethor, like the whole time, he's like, well, I really have to, I I really have to, to to hunker down and write the rest of these song lyrics. Twinkle, twinkle, deedle dee, right? And like he just looks like an idiot because like the the, the demon, the penis puppets are like throwing stuff at him, and he like bends over, and you think it's like just like broad comedy, just be like, oh nope. Oh, didn't see that, penis demon. Feel like I'm an idiot just sitting here drinking my Coca-Cola here in the year 1989 or wherever it is, right? And uh, I'm an I'm an idiot dumb guy. I'm the lead singer. I'm dumb. I've got blonde hair just like Motley Crue. I must be an idiot, right? So um, the girlfriend, like... Um, finally kills like like everyone's dead they're all dead they're all dead right and uh it turns out that she is the demon beelzebub right and this yeah. does not phase john micklethor at all he's he's like oh yeah cool no. yeah i knew the whole time like and she's like he's like don't you care all your friends are dead and it's like nah bro they weren't here <laughs> what they didn't exist. They didn't exist. It'd be like they, they created like who created like you? So like and it's revealed that uh John Micklethor is <laughs> an archangel. I don't remember if he's like one of the biblical archangels, like Michael or whoever else. I, I don't think so, because he's just called the Intercessor. Yeah, the Intercessor, but he's definitely a an angelic warrior. Um yeah. It's either stated or very heavily implied that he is sent by God to uh, come down and do battle. And the reason that he came out there and he created all these these groupies and it stated John Micklemore states that be like, I just made up all these terrible horror movie cliches to draw you out. So it's so it's mentioning. Yeah. So it turns out the entire time this movie was like this rat garbage kind of <laughs> uh cliche horror movie it was meta dave it was just complete like like it was like john micklethor wrote it that way like i'd be like yeah this movie was crap i meant it to be to drag you out here buddy and then like 
he steps out from behind the desk and be like, I am the intercessor, right? Which is like an archangel, whatever. We've covered that. And he transforms and he's got on his, <laughs> and then he transforms, he's got on a cape and his studded panties. Um, and yeah. He's shirtless. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure when they filmed it, it looked awesome. <laughs> And it's his hair not, was even more yeah, blown out like, brah, right and then um be like let's let this be our our final <laughs> battle oh we forgot to mention that Bial that that the girlfriend turns into Beelzebub and it's like this horrendous puppet uh it's like if Kermit the Frog was made out of Slim Jims <laughs> but it's great because and then they they proceed to do battle while uh the uh rock standard we accept the challenge plays for like <laughs> 7 minutes right and um oh, and like he also about throwing these like throwing star demons he's throwing at these like bath toys <laughs> yeah now here's the thing john micklethor knows he's got to do battle with these things right and he knows that it's like uh yeah He's got to do all the work, right? Yeah, because clearly these things are not going to fight him. I think he does a good job for what the situation called for. I'm not saying that, it... especially <laughs> when he gets up to the demon and starts fighting the demon, like just like rah, but it's just like he's like, no, get off me, evil bath toy. Bleh. I have I have a good a good description of this. Okay. Uh, for people who haven't seen this and they want an idea of what it looks like while he's fighting the Beelzebub demon in this movie, if you've ever seen any videos from Japanese pro wrestling, oh God. where it's somebody fighting like a blow up doll or you know a stuffed animal or something like that. That's like this, but this is more metal. Okay, damn it. I am a pro wrestler. How is it that you have seen this, but I never have? <laughs> okay, but I, I just want you to think about this. I am literally a professional wrestler. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. you've seen stuff that I haven't... Oh, wow. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah, but the, it's it's seriously a beautiful ending. Like... He fights the demon. He beats the demon. Yeah, it's... And then he... And he visits leaves. the graves of and his friends that didn't exist. I didn't get that part, but, I mean... <laughs> I think they were probably dead before it all happened. That's my guess. And then Kev and has a great like riff. People that he Kev knew. has a great riff right there at the, at the graveyard. And it just, like, to me, it, like, it encapsulates the, the movie's riff anyway. It's be like, I don't know if you guys heard, but... I accepted the challenge. <laughs> you guys have to see this, yeah. And then we get like a suburban house. Like it's the sequel. We get a sequel. Setup. Oh yeah, like the sequel setup that never happens. It's you know, got to do it. No, 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 no. They made the sequel, Dave. They did. It's called Intercessor: Another Rock and Roll Nightmare. Shut up! That doesn't exist. It came out in two thousand and five. Intercessor. Rock and roll nightmare. The intercessor must fight the minions of darkness to save the last innocent souls on earth. John McElthorne must have been like 55 when that movie was made. <laughs> oh, you're right. The intercessor, another rock and roll nightmare is a horror film produced in 2005 and a sequel to rock and roll nightmare. It was written by Chris Allen 
and directed by Ben McGuire and Jacob Windrat. How come John McThor's not directing any of this? I don't know. He didn't. Well, he didn't direct Rock and Roll Nightmare. He, he produced, produced it. it and he wrote it, but he did not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, this movie is secretly brilliant. I got to say, because I just think that the whole thing up to the point where be like, oh, this is you know, some dumbass direct the TV like vanity project for John Micklethor. And he wanted you to think that. Yeah, because because we were actually the demon Beelzebub. That was a stand in for the audience to be drawn into it. And then we get and... hands down. The best fight scene in the history of Rift Tracks. That is not hyperbole. Uh, I would dare no, say I, it is even better than the fight scenes in The Guy from Harlem. I absolutely love the final battle between the Intercessor and Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Yeah. It is amazing. It is so good, guys. Which if would you, you say is better? I have not seen this one. Which would you say is better? I mean, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to choose one right now, that choose choose one right now. One exists forever. The other one doesn't exist forever, and it never existed ever. You got to choose one right now. The uh, the the final uh, scene between Big Daddy and Al Connors, the guy from Harlem, or the Intercessor versus uh, Beelzebub in Rock and Roll Nightmare. Choose right now. Uh, rock and Roll Nightmare. <sighs> I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, come on, you got you got the challenge playing in the background. Like, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. This movie, this riff, actually made me find that song on the soundtrack and purchase it. We accept the challenge? Yes, I own that song. And I've never once regretted it. It's actually in my uh, Halloween playlist that I break out every year. It's it's in there, and it will never leave that playlist because it's perfect. Can anything else be said about Rock and Roll Nightmare? I think we covered it pretty thoroughly. Yeah, there's there's more, obviously, in the movie. You know, there's a lot of good deaths in this movie and uh, wonderfully cheesy scenes that we didn't even begin to touch on. Um, of course, we'd be here all day doing that if we did. We've already been here all day. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, but definitely... Check this one out, guys. If you have not seen it, like Dave said, it kind of got lost in the shuffle of 2015. Uh, I know there are a few Rift Tracks fans that absolutely love this one. A couple people that I've talked to personally about this movie and how much they love this movie and the how perfect the ending is. And all I could do was agree with them. Like, but seriously. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. It's perfect. Seriously, guys, you've got to check it out. Like, it is. It is a it is a perfect perfect movie, but get the Rift Tracks version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely get the Rift Tracks version. Uh, and again, that was the winner of our patron poll, uh, which we put up a couple days before we uh, record every episode um, on patreon.com slash true blue riftcast. Uh, Want to say a special thank you to our newest patron, uh, Andrew Lehman. Uh, thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. And thank you. Our next poll, which will be going up uh, later this week, is going to be between uh, the loser of the last poll, Rift Tracks Live, Manos, the Hands of Fate, 
And that's so weird to hear me hear you say that that's a loser. <laughs> and uh, the newcomer, Cool as Ice, starring uh, Vanilla Ice, of course, and uh, Ultimate 90s Cheese, <laughs> and some weird prop comedy. Like, I don't really get it. Uh, also, if you're a member of our Patreon, uh, you get things like uh, like ringtones and notification sounds that are just silly, like uh, me saying "definitely penis demons," definitely penis um, demons, which which you'll be getting uh, after this episode, and uh, outtakes and kind of a, a preview of what we've got coming up. Anytime we are going to have a special guest on, uh, we always announce it on there first. Uh, like a day or two ahead of when we announce it for everybody else. So if you like the podcast, want to support us, head to patreon.com slash true blue riffcast. I am Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at pbandawesome. And of course, you can send me emails, Jeremy at true blue riffcast.com. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at TB Riffcast. And I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodge. Check me out on the web at SugarRayDodge.com. Send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. We will see you guys on the next episode of the True Blue Riffcast, where hopefully we will be talking about a little movie known as Suburban Sasquatch. Yes, let's, let's hope so. Bye now. Bye now.